The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and Pacific Division shenanigans. There will probably be plenty of general shenanigans thrown in as well. <laughs> it is August 26th, and this is our 80th episode. And we are joined today by a very special guest. We have Christine Maggio with us, who you guys probably better know as Hockey Babbler. Thanks for joining us, Babs. Thank you so much for having me. We are extremely excited to have her on because she is a well-known Sharks fan. But also, Christine is part of something really cool. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I've uh, contributed a chapter to a forthcoming book on Seattle sports history. Uh, It's called Seattle Sports, Play, Identity, and the Pursuit of Credibility in the Emerald City. Um, And that's going to be coming out next year. Uh, So if you're interested in, um, you know, non-traditional market history, which I assume anyone who's listening to to this podcast will be interested in non-traditional hockey markets, um, you'd probably be interested in the uh, the history of Seattle hockey and the potential future for Seattle hockey as well. So you said you contributed a chapter, right? Is that yes. is how, is how, so? Is what was your specific chapter about? So my chapter uh, focuses on hockey, shockingly, uh, that the person (laughs) (laughs) called Hockey Babbler would talk about hockey. Um, You know, the the anthology will a number of different sports in Seattle. So talking about uh, the rise of the Seahawks um, to uh, to prominence in the city and how um, Seahawks fandom has become a big part of Seattle identity. Uh, It'll be talking about um, baseball in the Japanese internment camps during World War II. Um, There's a number of incredibly fascinating chapters that'll be included, but mine is going to be about Seattle's hockey history with a a special focus on people that we consider to be um, less traditional hockey players. So I focus a lot on women's hockey uh, in Seattle and uh, also on the possibility of bringing in uh, the indigenous community um, into Seattle hockey. That sounds really fascinating. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited to, I'll keep an eye out for that then with so much, talking about Seattle hockey, what is your preferred Seattle NHL name? Um, I am a big fan of, uh, of doing the Seattle Sockeyes. Um, I, have, oh. I have some friends who are concerned about um, the potential for the uh, throwing of fish onto the ice. But <laughs> I feel like if your mascot is the fish, you don't want to throw the fish. Like nobody throws a shark onto the ice. Uh, it's sharks games, except for that one time that someone did. And it was very bad for everybody. Nobody throws stars on the ice for the stars, though. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. I, so, they'll probably be fine. It's not like they're the Florida <laughs> rats. So, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm very pro well, guys, just because of the punny potential. So No, yeah, that's perfect. And what would your preferred jersey color be? Um, I would go because our city is very much with the dark, the navy blue and the kind of neon green. A lot of the teams go with that color scheme. I would want to stick with that, generally speaking. I know that there's some concern that that would cleave a little too close to Vancouver's territory. Um, but I think that if we uh, utilize like the kind of silvery gray that like the Seahawks use, for instance, we could differentiate ourselves enough. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can. I mean, as soon as you said that, I had all kinds of like jersey like ideas in my mind for what you could make this look like. And I think yeah. it would be fun. That's yeah. why do you hate purple? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 
I love purple. Honestly, like I, the only reason why I say we should go with the navy and uh, and neon green is because, um, you know, there's a city identity here, and so many of the sports kind of cling to that. Um, mm-hmm. and it would feel weird to have a completely different color scheme for the hockey team. I think the better question then is, Carolyn, why do you hate Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Seattle. I I went and visited Seattle once. I had a good time. I really enjoyed the city. And I only got rained on once. It was pretty great. Damn. (laughs) We try not to tell people because we want them to stay away. Uh, It doesn't actually rain all that much here. We get mistiness and cloudiness, but like real rain, not that much. I feel Um, like I've been lied to my entire life by Tom Hanks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or no, it was Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan was one of them. I can't remember which one. But, like, one of them had that line in the movie, and I'm just like, okay, now I've been lied to. <laughs> Can't trust Hollywood. Can't no. trust Hollywood at all. But you know what you can trust? Our Pacific Division opinions. <laughs> <laughs> because they're opinions. <laughs> facts. They are facts about the Pacific Division. Uh, so much like we did last week, we are going to go through all of the Pacific Division teams. We're going to... We have ranked them very officially by how they ended last year. (laughs) That just makes it easy. Yeah, we just wanted life to be easy. So to kick things off, we have the Arizona Coyotes. Now, normally a lot of... uh, So a lot of other Pacific Division folks don't know much about the Coyotes or don't talk much about the Coyotes. Um, I'm blessed with a absolutely wonderful friend who is the biggest Coyotes fan in the universe. Uh, and I'm they, so sorry. <laughs> um, so I have gotten a huge earful about how dirty the Coyotes done Shane Doan. Um, and the fact that they are retiring his number does nothing to make up for it. And how, um, you know, they're basically, it's just absolute chaos and, and everything is burning down in Arizona. So that's fun. Wow. That, that does sound a lot of fun. Actually, yeah, I mean, that's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you know about how, like, how bad it was when they didn't re-sign Shane Doan, right? Right. Yeah. It, like, I no, mean, I can, ex- I can guess. Well, okay. Oh, God. Oh, this is such a great story. Um, So, Chica took him to, um, to his favorite restaurant in town that, like, he takes his family to every week and sat him down and told him, yeah, we're not. We're not going to re-sign you. We don't want Wow. Thus ruining this place where he's got, like, all of these wonderful memories. And, like... What a dick. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, isn't, that's a conversation for, like, an in and out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, like, just your damn office. Like, <laughs> like, ruin the office, not this favored <laughs> restaurant. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. No, it was, it was super duper duper bad. And, yeah... So they're retiring his number, but it's just, it's too little too late. And uh, the, the Doan curse has come down on Arizona and probably will not be lifting anytime soon. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. So the, the, the Coyotes have had, like, made some pretty big moves, like pretty much every offseason. And this one was really no different. They got Galchenyuk for Max yeah. Domi. And we talked about that quite a bit when it actually happened. You know, I'm, I'm a big, I thought the trade was, was a win for, for Arizona. How are you feeling about that, knowing that you have, you know, all this insider scoop? So there's, of course, like, there's mixed feelings about, mm-hmm. uh, about Domi in general. 
just not just because of his uh, <laughs> because of his off ice issues, mm-hmm. but because he's he's a very strong player and he's got the potential to be really good. But the problem is, is that like that keyword there, potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh God, I don't understand why the Canadians made this trade. Like it just seems like such a silly move to trade. Um, you know, someone who is still in need of development and maturation for someone who is doing pretty okay in Galchenyuk. Mm-hmm. I think the the analytics community has actually liked this trade less than I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not to, to, to bring up the war wars or anything like that, but <laughs> one of my biggest issues with war and frankly hockey like, this has nothing to do with the actual stat or how the stat's created or anything like that. It's that I think everybody in the hockey world tends to overrate the value of defense. And Moore does this also. And coaches and, and front offices do this implicitly or explicitly even. Like, hell, and talk about that shit all the time. <laughs> and Galchenyuk has gotten a lot of shit for being bad defensively, whether it's coming from the Canadians are coming from analysts and I'm just kind of sitting over here like, okay, but how do you win games? Yeah. You don't, (laughs) you don't win just by making the other team not score because then you end up with a nothing, nothing game that goes into overtime every single time, which don't get me wrong. Might be fun to watch, I guess, but it would be boring. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. I think I think if the worst thing you can say about a player is that he's bad defensively, even though he's good offensively, it's I would take that trade. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What else? Did Arizona do anything else this season? Um, drafted a bunch of people I've never heard of. Um, well, they did. That was they got pretty ridiculed for their draft. Yeah, their draft was god awful. Uh, they're bringing back the uh, the Kachina jersey. Um, That's which, good. It, it looks rad. It's a little bit fraught, but I love it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, no, it's that. That's basically it. They had that one great trade. They had a really bad draft, and they're bringing back the third jersey. Is I mean, aren't all teams supposed to be getting a third jersey this summer? I think so. wasn't that a thing? I thought that was yeah. You, now that you mention it, that does that's ringing a bell deep in the old noggin. <laughs> a lot of teams have already unveiled theirs, but I don't know if every team's getting a third jersey. The stars have, if the stars are doing it, they have not unveiled. Yeah, they definitely yeah. haven't. But like the Devils just unveiled theirs, and they're doing the Christmas colors again. They're- oh God, I love that jersey. It's so ugly. I love it. <laughs> it's, I love it's it. Beautiful in its ugliness. Absolutely, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing that they haven't like announced for the Sharks because they're just they're like, hey, we have this black jersey we use. There we go. Ta-da. Which is a little boring, but meh. I don't know. I mean, every, like, I felt that way about the Ducks when they unveiled their third. I was like, how dare you bring back that logo and put it on a black background? Right? Oh. Like, how oh. dare you? That's, it's an insult. It's a deep insult to put it on a black background. Like, if you're <laughs> not putting it on, like, eggplant and jade, then get out. Get out. We'll talk about the ducks later. I didn't yes. skip ahead, but not yet. <laughs> to be honest, eggplant and jade sounds like a like super hipster small plates Asian fusion restaurant. Oh my god, it would be. <laughs> we should just uh, go into restaurateur. We should just become restaurateurs. <laughs> <laughs> We're so good at naming things. 
So how are we feeling about the Canucks? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. As somebody who lives in Seattle and is a four-hour drive away from Vancouver, I'm really glad that ticket prices are low. (laughs) So that's really nice. (laughs) Oh, the Canucks. The Canucks, the Canucks, the Canucks. I... (sighs) What can you really say about Vancouver that, like... I mean, look at the Benning countdown, for example. Like... There's, I feel like that is the best like way to encapsulate the Vancouver Canucks is uh, it has been zero days since Benning has done something stupid. Which, <laughs> that number never gets terribly high. Uh, and it's it's amazing. Have you seen the webcomic uh, Benning on Empty? No. <gasps> oh, my God. You should go to like, uh, I think there's a Tumblr. I think there's a Tumblr. It's fucking hilarious. I was actually in it once. Oh my gosh. Empty. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like furiously typing. You can probably hear because I've got like a very clacky keyboard. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah um, oh my God. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to have to read about this. I love that they've done it in like a Photoshop format. This is beautiful. And oh I love it. yeah. Oh, yeah. this is amazing. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read it while we're recording. Cause otherwise I'll just be like, uh, most of the time that we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> and then reading aloud and then asking us if we've seen this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's just going to be a mess. Uh, but if you, if you had to, okay. Jim Benning was yeah. my worst GM of 2017. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> Do you think, he has been lapped by Pierre Dorian this year. Ooh. You know, I feel like it's too early to call. Because, um, I mean, we'll want to include the beginning of the season up to the trade deadline, right? Like, that's going to be... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think it's a little too early to call, but it's looking like it's looking like more of a race than it normally is. I'll say that. <laughs> They're trying so hard. Yeah, I was just so shocked that Jim Benning's job has not been in more peril. Like, how do you keep this job? I I don't know. I don't get it. What's crazy to me is Trevor Linden isn't there anymore, but Jim Benning still is. Right? That's crazy. Like, but yeah, and like the whole like, oh, he uh, he didn't quit. He's just, you know, he's he's going somewhere else. But, you know, it's it was very amicable, definitely. I don't buy that for a second. There was definitely some animosity there, and I'm really curious about the background drama that we're not hearing. I really wonder who broke up with who. Yeah, right? Like, I just, I want to hear the breakup call. Like, is that <laughs> is that a little, like, mean of me? Maybe. No. But... <laughs> it's just natural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're losing. I, Yannick Hansen is going to uh, the KHL, I believe. Um, I don't know if that ever got confirmed or not. Last I heard, I think that was still a rumor. Well, he's but... not on their roster, so yeah. Um, so and then of course, no more Sedins. Um, no more. That's the craziest thing to think about. Like I haven't even fully processed that, and I'm not a Canucks fan. Yeah, like it's weird to think of the NHL without the Sedin twins. Like, it is. It's super. I mean, I've been I've been a fan of the sport since like I would say since about 2003 or so. Um, and most of the time that I've had any awareness of a team other than the Sharks, the Sedins have been there. 
And it's so weird to like have them not be there anymore. Looking at their roster, and other than Antoine Roussel, who obviously we know oh, and course. love. Yeah. Um fellow cat owner. Used to love, I should say. He's now a clearly a mortal enemy. That's why I still like him. I don't like like what is this team? <laughs> <laughs> like okay. what are they even going for? I don't Be know. careful, though, y'all, because Sam Gagne is still on that team, and I will accept no words against him. I did not say any words against him specific. I'm just saying, but I will fight you. He's probably gonna be on the top line. I know, and he what he ended on he ended the last season on the top line with the Sedin. So that's a problem, Marin. You know that, right? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do know that. I'm not so blind. <laughs> That I do not understand that that's not where that poor man <laughs> I'm aware. The thing is, is that you look at this roster and you don't really know where they're going with this. Like, oh. presumably any GM, like even a bad GM, has a plan of action, right? And you can look at their roster and be like, okay, so he's really like going hard for grit and muscle, which is not a great choice, but, you know, that's what he's doing. Or, At least it's a choice, right? Yeah, it's okay. a choice that you can point to. I, I can't, like, I look at this roster and I go, like, why? Why? Anybody who has ever followed Edmonton for any period of time knows that <laughs> there are worse GMs that do not okay, have fair. a fair, I'm, fair, just fair. Gonna, I'm just going to throw that in there because <laughs> I did I did torture myself with the, with the Oilers for many years. And there are many GMs that don't have a fucking plan. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, you look at Connor McDavid's face and you can just see, like, the soul getting ripped from his body. It, I mean, his soul, it, 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 I'm pretty sure it's actually already left his body. And what we're dealing with right now is just a shell. Yes. And that someday, someday he will be reunited with his soul, but on another team. Yeah. And then that's when he'll, like, his true form will come out and we'll yes. get to see him play to his full potential. Because that's when he will evolve into his next Pokemon form. Yeah, it isn't <laughs> even his final form. His um, final, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you had to pick a Pokemon type for Connor McDavid, oh, what would he be? Oh, no. Oh, this is hard. Um, I want to say water? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say water. All He's right. a water type. Yeah. Water type Pokemon. And and part of that is, you know, his past on the Erie Otters. Can't fault that logic. I see that. I I can I, I can see that. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go with water type. Yeah. So I just I had to we're... Google the types. <laughs> <laughs> that that's where I am right now. And I saw that one is the bug type. Yes. <laughs> so I just want to say bug just because it's mean. Yeah. <laughs> that's her first instinct. That is my first instinct. Corey Perry is a bug type. Oh yes. my god! <laughs> I can't wait till we talk about the ducks. But yes, oh my gosh. So I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you you bring up a good point that we're supposed to be talking about Vancouver. Well, um, we move on. I mean, we've already gone into Connor McDavid talk. Do we want to go on, move on to the Oilers? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's. The problem. So here's my thing. So I actually just was on a podcast. Uh, I guessed it on a podcast on Thursday and we were doing a central division preview and it was like hard to do that preview because there were, everybody had done so much during oh, yeah. the central division. And here I am talking about the specific division and it's hard to remember anything that these people have done. 
It's true. It's true. I mean, compared to the rest of the league, um, the Pacific Division has been pretty damn quiet. Um, like the most exciting blip I feel like we really got in the offseason was uh, that trade with uh, with Galchenyuk and the Coyotes. That's mm-hmm. about it. Um, and then there's, of course, the rumors about uh, Carlson, but those are still rumors. And we don't even know which team I, there was talk about Vancouver, but that got squashed pretty quick. Because why? Why would you mm-hmm. do that? So, yeah, no, I don't I don't know. I mean, so I'm looking again. I'm looking at the Oilers roster now. Darnell yeah. Nurse is still not signed? Uh, he might be really? an RFA. Yeah, he's, he's listed as an RFA right now. Oh, my God. What are they doing with their lives? Yeah, why? <laughs> That's I in a nutshell. I, just, I know. I, I just assumed, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure they re-signed Nurse. They're, they're good. No. No, no, apparently not. No, they How haven't. How do you assume anything when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers? That's not smart. I mean, How did seriously. How did he not get signed? Did he go through, like, arbitration? I don't know. I'm about to Google what the hell is going on with Darnell Nurse. Yeah. No, he can't go through arbitration, so they're just in a deadlock. He's not arbitration Yeah, that sounds, yet. that sounds what it's like. So what's going to happen if the season starts and he's still not signed? Like, does he just not play? He just doesn't play. That stinks. He's that so happened. good. That I know. to uh, 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 the, red, the redhead. Oh, 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 oh. Cody oh. Eakin. Thank you. <laughs> the the I redhead. Name other about. redheads, okay? <laughs> Mark Stahl. That didn't happen to Mark Stahl, though. Well, I'm saying he's a redhead. I'm done. Well, there would be two. Two redheads that that could have happened to, and it only happened to one. Also, all of the flyers. Redhead. Yes. Okay. I, why do they keep getting redheads when their it color is orange? It's awful. <laughs> awful. What are you doing? Listen, if the NHL actually cared about aesthetics, they would have a goddamn purple jersey. If the NHL actually cared about aesthetics, they would put a blanket ban on black jerseys. They'd be like, no, you need to have an identity beyond just like, oh, I'm so cool. And I say this as the proud owner of a San Jose Sharks black jersey. Knock it off of the black jerseys already. Seriously. No more. I own zero black jersey. No, I'm lying. Uh, so the NHL store for a little while was doing these like blackout jerseys. So mm-hmm. I have an Oilers jersey that is black, but it was never actually like an official one. The only reason I bought it was that it was only $21 and it was my first jersey. Also, it's kind of hilarious with the Oilers because you look like you've just had oil dumped on you. So that's precisely. Perfect. Yes. Right. I, yeah. Yes, it, it's really great. And it has orange piping on it, so it also kind of looks like I'm trying to celebrate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and my particular jersey just so happens to be signed by Taylor Hall. Perfect. Wow. Wow. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the, God, the Oilers are just so... <sighs> like, well, you, you want to talk about dumb trades. Let's. Like, <laughs> the Oilers are the kings of dumb trades. Oh, my God. Well... Chiarelli in general, if you would just want to talk about all of this, all of the superstars that that man has traded away for peanuts, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I don't even, I don't even understand. I, yeah, like, how, how do you look at the assets that you have, the potential that you have and go like, you know, what would be great is if instead of having all of this future growth, we had Milan Lucic. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. I mean, somebody needs to protect Connor McDavid, right? Because <laughs> he's doing a because great job of that. That Cassian's not enough, so 
noted goon and breaker of Sam Gagne's jaw, Zach Cassian. <laughs> Didn't remember anybody basically on the Oilers. So I've been <laughs> looking at their roster this whole time. And after, and I'll give them this one. After uh, Talbot was snubbed in the 16-17 season for a Vezina nom. Mm. And he, he went, he played something like 80 games if you factor in the playoffs too, which is ridiculous, ridiculous. Cause especially considering they only went to the second round, he notably crashed this year, had not a particularly great year in mm-hmm. save percentage or any of the important goalie metrics. Yeah. So I had expected them to make a big move this year and get a goaltender to help. And they have Al Montoya on their roster, but I guess he ended the year in the minors. Yeah. So he's still listed as in the minors. And the other guy they signed, I had never heard of before, named Miko Koskinen. You can tell he's finished. Mm -hmm. He's never played in the, he hasn't played in the NHL Mm -hmm. since 2013-14. Yeah. Nope, nope, that's not even... That's Liga, but also named the Blues. Um, <laughs> no, it's 2011. 2011. He played oh, four wow. games in 2010-2011 with the New York Islanders. Those were actually his only NHL games. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't understand the goal. I mean, what are they doing goaltending-wise? Like, why? There are so many teams who are goalie rich right now. Like, I mean, look at the Flyers. The Flyers have a bajillion goalies. Make a trade with them. They're not even in your freaking conference. But they would have to give up Oscar Kefbaum to do that, so. <laughs> <laughs> they might have to trade Adam Larson. <laughs> <laughs> who they very conspicuously made an alternate captain. Yeah. After they, after they traded him one for one for Taylor Hall. Oh my god, that was oh, oh. right, right. Oh, that's straight right? up trade. That's I still like one. I still can't wrap my head around it. No, oh. who could? Who could? Who can wrap his head around that? Other than Pete Chiarelli. Yeah, um, like the people he had to sell that trade to to make it. God. Because <laughs> I'm assuming, I'm assuming, I'm assuming he had to get the okay. To make that trade from someone. Yeah, no, he's no longer allowed to just make trades on his own. He has to get a permission slip signed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think he probably, like, forges somebody's signature? Well, look, they said it was okay. Yeah, my mom says it's okay for me to make this trade. <laughs> my mom said. <laughs> there, it's like. It's like the big loopy signature, Daryl Cates, but Cates is spelled with an S instead of a Z. It's a backward K. <laughs> I can't remember how to make a cursive K. This is right, right? <laughs> instead of a name, it's just a paw print. <laughs> oh my god, no, it's it's the it's the paw print from the mascot. He got the mascots from the yes! <laughs> He seemed to think this was a really good idea, y'all. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, are we still talking about how terrifying Hunter is, by the way, as a mascot? Oh, I the, the time that he raised up his shirt and revealed that he has, like, like furry abs. Oh, my <laughs> God! The worst day of my life. 
Yeah, because like, okay, I am not here to yuck anyone's yum, right? If if you if you yeah. are if you're into furries, that is rad for you. I'm really glad for it. But how can you combine the like furry abs and that monstrosity of a face? You look yeah. into his eyes and he looks like he has consumed the souls of the entirety of the Edmonton Oilers. That's where their souls go. They go into Hunter. Oh. <laughs> well, we know where Connor McDavid's soul is. Does that story. mean if we kill Hunter, then like the souls will be free? <laughs> yes. Yes, Hunter is the final Horcrux. Uh, <laughs> in that case, I'm keeping Hunter alive forever. <laughs> Does he have to give them up if they get traded away? Is that why, like, Taylor Hall is suddenly happy again? Yeah, no, you, okay. you have to hand over custody to the mascot of the uh, of the team that they're going to. Okay. It's, it's in the collective bargaining agreement for mascots. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, though, because, like... <laughs> The victory green one, I mean, our, our alien blob, our green alien Amazing, blob. by the way. I, okay, like, I, at first I was like, this is so stupid. Why couldn't they have done something, like a cowboy or whatever, you know, like something Texan. But he has grown on me a lot. Yeah, he really has. He does not have the dead soulless eyes that Hunter has. So I'm like, I feel like if, if Jamie Ben's soul is being kept by this, by this, mascot victory green at least it's in a happy place with like puppies and rainbows like yeah victory green seems pretty chill pretty cool i trust him maybe he's an herbivore and obviously hunter is a carnivore obviously hunter is a carnivore because i don't even think victory green has teeth yeah see that victory green is a vegetarian that's why he's green is because of all the chlorophyll that he consumes oh yeah okay (laughs) that feels cool (laughs) <laughs> I had when they announced Victory Green, I had really, really hoped for a Longhorn. Like I had really hoped you know. for a big green steer. See, the thing is, though, the San Antonio Rampage, and I don't know oh. how much they care about like crossover between AHL and NHL, but yeah. the San Antonio Rampage already have a bull as their mascot. So, um, I mean, I feel like it's better than what they did in with in Austin for the Texas Stars because. Yeah. Theirs, I don't know if you've seen it, it's a ringtail, and I think it's a raccoon, might be a cat, honestly, even, even like the more? ice girls in, in, in Austin have like no idea what it actually is supposed to be, yeah. um, and there's like this whole kind of story as to how it relates to being a Texas star, but like I don't know it, Yeah. so it's like, he doesn't look soulless, but he also doesn't make sense. Sense. Yeah, he's a what is this creature? Some what is this? What are, what are you doing here? Why are you here? <laughs> um, but the so one time I I was in San Antonio watching a game and I was down. They have this um, hallway that runs like around the top end of one of the one side of the ice, mm-hmm. and that's where all of like the the Spurs offices are and stuff. And if you're, if you get ice level tickets, you can, you have access to that hallway. So sometimes if you want to go to the other side, you just take that because it's the fastest one. Long story short, it's a creepy ass hallway. And (laughs) I I was walking down it by myself and got to one end of it. And like the mascot whose name I just cannot remember right now, but he's, he was there standing there at the, at at the elevator at the end of that hallway, just kind of staring at me the whole way down. And I was like, Really? I want to turn around. I want to duck into my office. Like, I can't handle this. He's just staring at me. It is the creepiest, uh, honest to God, like the creepiest thing that's ever happened to me. 
I'm imagining like the Public shining, setting. but instead of like creepy twins at the end of the hall, it's a mascot. It's a mascot. God. <laughs> Daring. Like, oh God. Like I can still see his blank soulless eyes now. <laughs> and I'm it's daylight and I'm in my own home and I'm like, oh, is he behind me? <laughs> yes. No. Oh man. Okay, I'm gonna make us move on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the Oilers. I hope everyone <laughs> where you are for this season. Okay. <laughs> so what, Calgary. What comes next? <laughs> if we want to talk about soulless mascots, can oh. we talk about Calgary's old one? Oh, I don't even God. know. Do they, they have a mascot? I don't think they have one now, but they had one. And it was what the... did it used to be? That, like dog thing or no uh it was like this flame thing oh my god no the very briefly live fire thing but that wasn't technically calgary that was um that was their minor league affiliate the one okay scorch scorch (laughs) scorch who like killed a fireman (laughs) and like traumatized people he he lasted for five days that sounds awful. Harvey the Hound was also kind of creepy. He has a tongue that just hangs out. Yeah. Yeah. Harvey the Hound is terrifying. I think Harvey is still technically, like, like technically in play. For- uh, apparently, he was the first mascot in the NHL. Oh. I mean, he oh, looks man. it. He looks like a terrifying, like, koala. I had- mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. He d- <gasps> I opened up. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Honestly, I'm pretty sure we have unlocked the actual, like, truth behind (laughs) what's happening in the NHL these days. It's all about how the mascots have taken the souls of all the players. Like, the only one that 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 doesn't make sense with is going back to Vancouver. Finn is actually really cool. Like, Finn takes a lot of cues from Sharky, which I realize is a little bit of homery of me, but Sharky is one of the best mascots in the NHL. Yeah, no, Finn is great. Um, you know, well designed, not terrifying looking, doesn't look like he consumes the souls of the children that he interacts with. You know, like a good mascot. But the Canucks are not doing so great. I think that's just Canada though. I think it's oh. just like Canada sucking all their will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could definitely be. So speaking of players who have escaped their mascot soul sucking. Uh <laughs> The Dougie Hamilton trade, that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That was buck wild, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, so I just don't get it. I don't get it. I think Noah Hannafin is going to be a good defenseman. Uh, He is still an RFA, by the way. From as far as I can tell, like, just from Twitter stuff, you know, people being like, oh, we're close in talks. So it sounds like Hannafin will get signed fairly soon, before this year. Probably before Darnell Nurse. Probably before Darnell Nurse. And Elias Lindholm is fine. Like, he's certainly not bad. I don't know if... when did James Neal go to the Flames? He, during the whole, like, uh, 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 free agent frenzy. That's the day. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, also fine. Like, I... When I look at this one, I still see a fine roster as opposed to when I look at some of the other ones. But Dougie Hamilton is so good. Yeah. I I don't understand that choice. 
Um, and it's still I mean, still very much a, a strong roster. Certainly, it's not like looking at the uh, the Canucks roster where you're just like, what in the hell is happening here? This makes some sense. I think they still only have Mike Smith in goal. Like, do they have another? Let me check. I don't see one on their roster. Um, uh, but John, uh, John Gillies? Gillies. Okay. I, I'm looking on the NHL.com roster rather than oh, I should yeah. probably be looking at a site that's like not as garbage. They also have uh, somebody named David Rittick. From, um, yeah. But that dude is, oh, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. He has like nothing. He's got nothing as far yeah. as like career goes. I think he's their AHL goalie, but he did play um, a bit with the Flames last year. Yeah. Poor Mike Smith gets a bad rap. Like he is a fantastic goalie and he's, I mean, he, he really deserves way more respect than he gets. Um, you don't see a lot of very strong puck handling goalies. Um, and he is one of them. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you saw the all-star game uh, where he scored that ridiculous goal from the opposite goal line. That was the only good part of the all-star game. <laughs> right? Yeah. But he's incredibly talented. He's he's also one of the few goalies who has a uh, slight curve to his blade. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I did not know that. I know this because my uh, huge Coyotes fan friend is a huge Mike Smith fan. Um, and so they are sure to tell me all of the latest Mike Smith news. <laughs> I mean, he did definitely. So I was just putting, I just made, I am. Um, just got my office set up. I'm actually podcasting from my office. This is the first deep in the heart of hockey from my office. And I am trying to get a little bit back into the hockey biz game. And not so much that I am going to really do anything particularly in that, like original as far as analysis or anything like that is concerned. But I enjoy making pretty things. Right. Yeah. I will say like Mike Smith got, had like started the year really, really strong, but he was so all over the place. Like the team itself was really all over the place in save percentage, yeah. at least on five on five. Cause that's what I was looking at. Like it started strong and then it dipped really bad. And then it got really, really good. And then it just like at the very end, like end of the season was dismal. Mm. And it was one of those things where it's like, I can't, that's, I think my issue with Mike Smith is that he can be really, really strong, one of yeah. the stronger goalies in the league, but he can also be one of the weakest goalies in the league. <laughs> he he yeah. lives and dies by the defense in front of him, which, I mean, I, a lot of people take that to be the, the measure of a goalie, and I get it, right? Like, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a fantastic goalie, it doesn't matter who you have in front of you. Like, look at Carey Price. Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, yeah, oh, God bless him. He deserves better. He does deserve <laughs> so much better. Yeah. Like, I just want to, I want to rescue every good goalie and like take them to a goalie reserve where they can live out their days uh, getting the respect that they need. But you can't have a team that's all goalies, apparently. Like, that's, that's not a thing. Okay. So speaking of goalies and your feelings about goalies, I want you to know that one of the very first stickers I ever bought from your store was my Patronus as a goalie. Yes. Yes. Yay. I got both the generic one and the one with the Dallas Stars logo on it. And it honestly, like, I, and I actually put it on, on outside of one of my Yetis. And I just took it out in uh, the wild with me today. And I know people read it and were kind of like, I don't get it. Not because I'm in Texas. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yes. Um, I also, also love goalies a lot. And I want to make them all happy. 
they deserve happiness and they, they, they have so much misery in their lives because they depend so much on others and yeah. like what sucks for them more than any is like they they have such a solitary role on the ice that like even though you and I as like actual smart hockey watchers can say okay that goal went in because look at all of the things that broke down in between like this and that and like and but you know stupid not stupid casual hockey fan or somebody who just wants to pin it on the goalie will watch that and be like oh that goalie sucks and they get so much undeserved shit and nobody yeah. really like the only time they really get any notice is when they've done a really great job maybe yeah and, and a lot of those saves that people like recognize as like super flashy <laughs> like wow it's an amazing save are because they were out of position and yeah. like it's not a good goalie <laughs> play but like it looks cool yeah like those like saves of the year where he catches it behind his back like why yeah. did he have to <laughs> like, it's not, not where he should have been I think this is a great way to go right into, let's talk about the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, <laughs> uh. Do we have to? I mean, if we're going to talk about crazy goalie saves, you have to uh. mention Jonathan Quick. Yeah, you have to mention Jonathan Quick and then throw him in the garbage. <laughs> um, so much credit for shit he doesn't ever even do. Oh my like, god, he does not deserve it. No. I mean, no. okay, so I won't lie and say, like, I would be lying if I said I did not want a Jonathan Quick as uh, on a team that I was, you know, jamming. He is, a, he is a great goaltender. Is he the best goaltender in the league? Definitely not. Like, no. 100% not. But I would rather have him than say uh oh god why am i i i can't think of a good example at the moment he's a good goaltender but he's not a great goaltender right um he also has a tendency to go on goalie adventures a lot yeah um, yes. and this is a good thing when you're not a kings fan because i am not a kings fan and i really love watching the kings be miserable um so, <laughs> um yeah, I do. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, weird how that works, right? Like you guys aren't even in the Pacific Division anymore, but you do want to see the Kings suffer, which I appreciate. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I want to see most of the Pacific Division suffer. To be quite that's, honest with that's you, that's fair. That's fair, but I, not not the Sharks. Not the sharks. Like I said, <laughs> I like the sharks. Yeah, but like the the ducks can die in a flaming. Yes fiery like whatever okay the ducks can have oil poured on them and then the flames can set them on fire and then they can all burn yeah <laughs> sounds like you'd be a really good mascot Beth. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i mean okay so talking a little more seriously about the kings um things really went off the rails for them uh after slava voinov turned out to be a fucking shit heel garbage person who is the worst um mm-hmm. and i'm glad for it like i want the kings to suffer yeah. like i have friends who are kings fans and i love them and respect them even though they're very wrong but <laughs> some people don't like raisins like i don't yeah. get it that they're life choices i cannot fine. believe <laughs> that you are trying to start this shit again <laughs> Okay, raisins does need to have context. I can't eat plain raisins, but raisins in a good, like, surrounding context are delicious. Take, for example, my favorite Thanksgiving recipe, which is candied yams with brandied raisins and pecans. I might actually eat raisins in that context. It's really good. 
like you soak the the uh, raisins in brandy for like a day beforehand. Okay, no, that, like, I, I feel like I could actually quite enjoy raisins in that context. Yeah, they're real boozy and good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All things that we like. And you I mean yams with maple syrup. It's real good stuff. I mean, ra- yeah. I mean, grapes do make one of my favorite things, which is wine. Yeah. So. Um, Adding alcohol to anything will probably get me to like it. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a question about the kinks. Oh, yes, please. Andrew, LA, haha, that's a pun unintentionally, asks, it seems like LA's plan is to get better by getting older. Aren't Mm. they a better team long term by not signing Kovalchuk? Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, you know, this goes back to what I was saying before uh, about like wanting the Kings to suffer and wanting to watch them suffer. This is part (laughs) of they're doing it to themselves. Like they are, you know, getting older and not really investing in um, in their future because they really I think they still really believe that they are the cup winning team that they were previously without any changes except for, you know, signing on more experience because they've lost some of their experienced players only experience by itself i apologize if that siren in the background is that's all right okay it's all good i thought it was mine (laughs) okay (laughs) i live right next to an old folks home so there's a lot of sirens oh no (laughs) yeah (laughs) i live Um, downtown so there's a lot of sirens (laughs) yeah no that's fair that's fair um so yeah what was i saying um yeah no that like the king's uh you know, organizational staff seems to really believe that they're very, very close to that cup winning team that they were a few years ago. God, a few years ago. Jesus, it's 2018. How did this happen? Um, it is 2018. Yeah, welcome, no. Welcome yeah, to this year. Just like realizing when I say a few years ago, I actually mean like a while ago now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the I, I think the front office staff is still operating under the delusion that they're very, very close to that same team, that the passage of time means nothing to them. And like, I get that as someone who keeps aging day after day, year after year, the inexorable March of time goes on without me. Um, you know, <laughs> that, that I get it. Like I understand that delusion completely, but it is a delusion and it's making them a weaker team for it. Do you think, so Kopitar had, I, didn't know he had it in him. I will throw that and say it that way. Uh, Kopitar put up 92 points last year. But yeah, he's he did. basically the only offense on that team. Yeah. I, Kop- th- I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, do you think that, that by signing Kovalchuk, they've actually fixed that issue? Or do you think it's, it's probably going to be the same? Like, I doubt there's any way he gets 92 points again this year. Yeah. Since it's a, it was a huge blip on his radar. Like, the most he yeah. ever put up before that was 81 and that yeah. was in 2009-10. I, here's the thing about Kopitar is that, like, I have incredibly grudging respect for him. He is a fantastic <laughs> player. And even though he he does get a lot of respect from folks, I don't feel like he gets enough. Like, mm-hmm. he is an incredible player. And if he were on any other team, like, I feel like he would really get more recognition for that. Um, you know, part of that is being in L.A., which I, I'll be honest, L.A. isn't a hockey town. Like, mm-hmm. even after the cup wins, they're just they don't really care. Um, I know that there are people in L.A. who will disagree with me on that. Um, but like I, I I lived in Southern California for a very long time. And like L.A. is not like 
LA is not a huge hockey town. It's unfortunate um, because especially when the Kings were doing well, they deserve that fan base um, and they deserve to have, um, they deserve to have people who will talk up Kopitar. They deserve to have um, more press. I like, okay. They've got some great journalists, some great people uh, in the local papers who cover the team, but they deserve to have like people shouting from the rooftops. Anjay Kopitar is God level good. Um, and he really deserves respect. And if he had a team around him that could give him the support that he needed, he could really, really, really shine. But that's mm-hmm. not happening. And so I'm okay with watching the Kings suffer, though. So, <laughs> But I'll Me take Tom Jake Kopitar any day. Like, he's amazing. Also, he has a very cute dog. He does. Dog. Yeah, it's a very good dog. You want to talk about some other very good dogs? Yes. Because it's time to talk about the Sharks. Yay! Oh my god, did you see that Mark Edward Vlasic got an Instagram? No! Okay, he's M.E. Vlasic44 on Instagram, so go follow him. Uh, He he only has the one post last I saw, but it's of course him and his dogs having a picnic. See? See? This is the important information we give us in the Pacific Division preview here. Yeah, for those who may not be aware, which I would be shocked, um, Mark Edward Vlasic loves dogs more than anything else in the world. Um, and he loves his dogs. He and his wife uh, do a lot of great work with the Silicon Valley Humane Society. Um, you know, they they regularly donate and volunteer. Um, they have their three rescues who are absolutely adorable. And uh, he refers to them as his girls, his daughters. And like, it's so cute. Vlasic loves dogs more than like, more than I love goalies, which is saying a lot. <laughs> That's super adorable. Yeah. So we do I have love a that. sharks question. Sure. Uh, Ken Dizzle 88 asks, Babs and Joes, <laughs> do they stay together? It's been mono- it's been on my mind all off season. Ah, uh, well, that depends on if Joe Thornton stays healthy or not. Yeah. Like his knee is the biggest question mark to me. Um, and I love Joe Thornton. Like, do not get me twisted here. Like, I love him. 100% and I will be heartbroken when he retires like it will it will wreck me emotionally like I'm getting choked up just thinking about it Oh, but like he's getting it's getting pretty close in it like his mm-hmm. knee is pretty badly fucked like and I really I want he okay Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski play beautiful hockey together Um, and I love seeing them on a line together but it really is going to come down to how is Thornton's knee doing? Um, because I would not be shocked to see him uh, get bumped down to the second line if his if he's still struggling to recover. And, you know, even if he is healthy, I just don't know. I don't know how much time we have left with him. So let's save for every moment we have. I love him. Do you think so? Again, you know, full yeah. disclosure, I'm looking at Cat Friendly here. What? Look at all of this. Do you think Joe Pavelski is going to get extended this year? Or do you think it's going to, he might go UFA? Oh God, I'm so scared. Like I'm (laughs) okay. So Doug Wilson is our GM and I don't trust him. I don't like him. He, (laughs) I, I fear what is going to happen. I am concerned that we are, that we are going to lose paths. Um, and that's scary to me. Now, there is, there's a lot to be said. Um, I think Pavelski has a lot of... Um, I, 
God, this is going to sound really kind of crappy. I don't like it. Um, but he's got a lot of gratitude towards the sharks for drafting him and believing in him. Um, and don't get it twisted. Like the only reason why Pavs is where he is now is hard work. Like it is mm-hmm. 100% hard work. Uh, for those who don't know, he was drafted in the seventh round. Like it, oh, was, wow. yeah, it was looking like he wasn't going to get drafted at all. Um, but he is an elite player who almost got passed by and the sharks believed in him from the get go and supported him through his hard work. And he worked his way up to being the captain and dominant player that he is today. Um, so I think if I were guessing, um, you know, I, I don't have insight to um, his personal psychology, but I would guess that there's a lot of uh, gratitude on Pavelski's part for the sharks believing in him for all this time. That being said, um, it's really hard to say no to money. Money is great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that now that the sharks have lost out on the Tavares, um, party, I don't know what we're going to call it. The bonanza, the sweepstakes, the party, um, the, since they lost out on Tavares, um, they've got a lot of wiggle room and I'm hoping that they use that wiggle room to re-sign Pavs. But the fact that they haven't done it yet does make me extremely concerned. So I clicked on Joe Pavelski's uh, Wikipedia page because i that's just what I was doing. <laughs> uh, he has three siblings. Do you know what their names are? Uh, no. Jerry, Sherry, and Scott. <laughs> That sounds like, it sounds like the ghosts from Pac-Man. Right? Blinky and Todd. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it sounds like. I was, I, when I saw that, you were, you were hard in on your, on your Pavelski stock talk, which I loved. And I was also like, I can't, what? <laughs> God? Yeah. Sometimes I wish we do video calls because I would just want, I would have loved to watch Marin's face as she discovered (laughs) this fact. (laughs) I could just see the glee in her eyes. It'd be like she just swallowed a soul or something. (laughs) I just Sherry Pavelski's soul. Yes. (laughs) Sherry and Jerry. I only take rhyming names. What's what's great is that um, Joe Pavelski actually has a grandma who is super, super supportive of him and who is active on Twitter. Uh, I recommend her as a follow. Uh, she's just a delight. She's Her love is so pure. It's really sweet. Oh, my gosh. I will definitely have to do that. People you shouldn't follow on Twitter. Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Where do we begin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's start with their uh, third jersey and all of the terrible decisions they've made there. That's so upsetting to me. You came so close. You have the right logo. Wrong colors. Wrong colors. It's upsetting to me just like as an idea. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) What is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, they briefly had Patrick Eves before he got injured, and like I, it was one of those things where I was like, I need Patrick Eves to be okay, but I also like don't want him to do well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then he got injured, and now he can just go back to hating everything they stand for <laughs> and everyone on their team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. I feel like the one really important thing for me on brand to say about the Ducks is that I'm happy that they are uh, retiring Paul's number. Um, yes. My, my yeah. love, Paul Korea. Yeah. Who, like, early on in my hockey fandom, like, it was really nice. Because for those who don't know, who don't follow me on Twitter, I'm half Japanese. And so seeing a half Japanese person on the ice is huge. And Absolutely. yeah, so Paul Korea, even though a duck, um, you know, I, I'm really, really happy that they're retiring his number. I'm really happy he finally got into the Hockey Hall of Fame like he deserves. Um, I cannot believe how long that took. Uh, it took way too long. And I get the feeling that like, I have I have a feeling like there was some wheeling and dealing to make that happen. Um, but that's kind of conspiracy theory tinfoil hat uh, I mean, stuff. But we we like tinfoil hats on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I am a hundred percent on board with the mascots eat their souls. Yes. Yeah. Theory. Yeah. So well, that's like... just a fact. That's not a tinfoil hat. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's not an opinion but I'm fairly certain that if basically like Timu Solani was basically like I refuse to go into your hall of fame without you, you bringing Paul mm-hmm. um, along so you know if you want me in the hall of fame you had better bring Paul Korea along with so yeah I think that's what happened not that Timu Solani is a great person as it turns out but that's another story for another day it everyone you love will eventually disappoint you it's important to embrace this i it's so it's so sad that that's true but it is true but it's so sad that it's true yeah i hate it i hate it a lot thanks i hate it (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah precisely but going back to the current ducks um rather than focusing on on their past glory in eggplant and jade I know that they uh, they extended John Gibson, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they extended... Uh, hmm. So, I mean, he's young. So, like, $6.4 million is not, like, the worst AAV in the world. Years? Yeah. <laughs> eight years is a real, real long contract, especially for a goalie. Like... Uh, yeah, he's going to be 33 at the end of that. Well, no, that's older than I am now. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's still younger than both of us are. Uh, <laughs> we're we're both old. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not old. I, I I just think about myself and how my body is falling apart at 32. Yeah. And I yeah. think about like you know I realize like obviously I am not a professional hockey player. Like I am not right. in professional hockey player shape. But like there are some I things that sloppy Joe mac and cheese on a garlic <laughs> roll for lunch. So. That's- God, mm. Carolyn, I, I, those are that—that's not something you say out loud. <laughs> it was inspired by Brooklyn Nine Nine, and you know what? I don't regret it at all. No that's regrets. Fine. No regrets. No, live life with no regrets. No, Joe Thornton is older than me still, well, and no. the the fact that like he is um <laughs> like. Like, I look at him, and I feel like I'm looking at old man Methuselah. I'm like, oh, God. Like, it's just, it <laughs> hurts a little. He takes his shirt off, and then you're like, okay. Oh, oh. That's a okay. dad bot I can get behind. I, I see what's going on here. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. But it I'm is awesome. a lot of man. It is much man. Much, much man. Much <laughs> man. For sure. 
And he hates yes. wearing clothes too. Like he loves to to do interviews without a shirt on. Like that's his I, favorite thing. I have noticed that about him and Brent Burns. <laughs> yes. Brent Burns, I think, has learned a lot from Joe Thornton uh, yeah. in terms of the not wearing clothes. And I yeah. think that's why they were both so enthusiastic about doing the body issue last summer. Together is my yes. favorite part about yes. that. The fact that it was not like, we'll do this, but we need to do it together. Yeah. Yes, I need to be naked with my BFF. <laughs> well, think about how much time hockey players spend naked in each other's presence. So much already. time. Like, they don't even notice it so much that I don't know if you remember, but the, I think it was Tyler Sagan that posted that video after <laughs> the Team Canada won, so whatever it was they yes. won. And in the background, Claude Giroux is just butt-ass naked. And he did talk <laughs> so much that, like, he posted it on social media. <laughs> like, oh, I right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why I never did, but it stuck in my head for a long time. Well, you can forget, like, Claude Giroux being yeah. very naked. Very, very naked in the very background. Very ginger and very naked. <laughs> yeah. Very ginger and very naked. Oh my god. That was so <laughs> Title of a sex tape. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. So we were we were talking about the ducks and I'm yes. like Yeah. And I believe that someone did ask for my fairy, favorite Corey Perry origin story. I, um, well, no, 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 no. It's very yeah. different. Okay, so the real question is, Jason of Damn Jason to Fame asks, <laughs> give us your favorite hashtag Corey Perry fact. Well, uh, I, I prefer the hashtag Corey Perry origin stories, but um, I think that Corey Perry, uh, he was not born the way that most of us uh, were born. He uh, was a moldy sponge underneath a sink that gained sentience. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I haven't seen the Corey Perry origin story hashtag. Some of them are pretty blue. Um, So (laughs) enjoy that. Some of them are pretty problematic also. But, you know, Uh so it goes with like every hashtag. I mean, yeah. You get that problem with Corey Perry facts too. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I don't remember how Corey Perry facts started. But when I'm doing Corey Perry facts, the idea is very, very specifically to make it just a thing that an asshole does. Not yeah. it has, shouldn't have any sort of gendered issue with it. It shouldn't. Yes, you would. You shouldn't even need to say the word fuck. Like it should just be like something annoying yeah. about a person. Okay, here's here here are some examples because I just looked them up. Corey Perry's new nickname is Dust Bunny because he just got swept. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> I love good. that. Corey Perry laughed when Old Yeller was shot. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. These, some of these are. Some of these are. Uh, Cor- thank you for subscribing to Corey Perry facts. facts. <laughs> yes, I love that. Facts. Uh, Corey, Corey Perry, Perry fa- does not use turn signals ever. Oh, yep, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to to unsubscribe, please send. Okay. <laughs> All right, we have one more team to go through. No, wait, wait. I need to tell you this one. <laughs> Corey Perry just has a fart face. <laughs> if a fart had a face, it would be his. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Corey Perry asked Siri to tell him a joke, and she just told him to look at his face in the mirror. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this is so good. Elementary humor was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 
yogurt in that it was very poopy like literally poopy i'm a big fan of the like bodily fluid based humor and because like everybody does it there's literally nothing gendered whatsoever or everybody poops poops. it's like that book oh see here the finn tweeted out Corey perry is a trash factory it's true he is that makes trash absolutely god i hate that man so much he's the worst <laughs> he is the worst i love seeing him sad like yes after, after they got swept it was just like mm, mm, oh that's yeah. delicious yeah <laughs> so, um it's what they'll play I, in our wedding videos it's just like mm. <laughs> <laughs> happiest moment of carolyn's life for mm, a very sad face <laughs> I remember how dirty I felt in the 2012 uh, Olympics when Jamie Benn was on the team and uh, Corey Perry also was on the team. And the most success Jamie Benn had in that tournament is when he was playing on a line with Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff. And I hated myself, but I was like, but I need them to do well because I need Jamie Benn to do well because I was the American rooting for the Canadians. So, yeah. Honestly, I, when it comes to men's Olympic hockey, I find it much easier to root for Canada than for the United States. Well, this was before all well, of, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, before we knew anyway. But, yeah, no, I'm still, I'm, there were to- so many more people on the Canadian team that I liked than on the American team. And I was just like, I'll root for the American women, but I don't give a shit about yeah. the men. Yeah, the, the men can fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <clears throat> Okay, huh. we need to talk. We need to finish up. Finish up the division. <laughs> We're so close. We're so okay, close. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, who's the last one? Where are we? What's going on? Oh, All God. right, I'm gonna go ahead and lead it off with a question. Tommy G asks, "Will Vegas take a big step back next year?" I think "big step back" is an overstatement. I think we are going to see a step back um, because I mean, okay. So going going back a fair bit, like not only did Vegas have the like most kind uh expansion draft rules ever but they also didn't have to compete with anyone for the expansion draft like they were just Mm -hmm. drafting themselves they didn't have any other expansion teams to share picks with so Mm -hmm. of course they had a monster team and then you get some amazing coaching uh from gerard gallant who like I mean, he himself was also like he was also abandoned by the Panthers. The Panthers done him so dirty. Um, well, didn't he like leave him on they the did, side of a they road? Literally left him. Like they didn't <laughs> call a cab for him. Like yeah. well, okay, not to carry water for anybody here, but yeah. Gallant himself said they offered to call him a cab and he declined. <laughs> yes. Okay. <But. laughs> That's true. That's true. But like the image of it with him and his bags just out the back. Yeah, no, it's an iconic image. And so like he really took that and was basically like, um, you know, you guys were, you know, you're the misfits. You were uh, left exposed by your teams. Let's show them how good we can be. Now, that's Mm -hmm. only going to work one year. Mm -hmm. So that tack isn't going to work as well this year. Um, So we are going to see a motivational step back, but I, the fact remains, they're still on paper a fantastic team. Like, you look at that team and you're like, okay, yeah, that's gonna, they're, they're gonna be good. Are they going to be as good? Probably not. And I think another part of that is that um, opposing teams aren't going to 
you know, they're not going to make the wrong assumption that, um, that they'll be an easy win. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think you did have, especially early in last season, a lot of, um, a lot of underestimating, um, mm-hmm. by their opponents. And so you're not going to see that this year at all. Um, so you will see a step back. Will it be a big step back? <laughs> don't really think so. I think they're still a really strong team. Um, I just don't think they're quite as strong. Um, and it's more for those intangibles. Like I realize, like I should be relying more on stats and numbers here, but it's more because of some things that you can't really quantify that we're going to see that step back. Well, so I, I don't think that you can't quantify it. I think motivation plays out on the ice. And I think actually, oh, yes. I, I think we did see it and you can see it in the stats. Like if I look at Vegas's chart mm-hmm. um, and I was doing XG, which is um, people on the podcast have heard me talk about it before. It's expected goals. So a bunch of different things go into this metric, like shot location, shot type, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Vegas was pretty average for about two thirds of the way through the season in expected goals, like average and expected goals for, so really relying on shooting percentage to actually get those in the net. Yeah. And actually quite a bit above average in expected goals against. So like really good defensively. Mm-hmm. Again, about two thirds of the season though. And then they really just kind of dropped off a little bit, but that was, and that's when they stopped winning as much. Like yeah. they were still winning because they had some really good goaltending from Flurry and some really good say, uh, shooting still going on. Mm-hmm. But that whole massive win that they had was all during the middle of the season when everything was clicking for them. Yeah. And then they just kind of rode that and even their play trailed off. And in fact, in the playoffs, like if you think about it, like the reason they got through the playoffs is because Flurry turned in an amazing performance. As he often does. And then the minute that he couldn't turn in an amazing performance, they got basically swept by the gaps. Yeah. <laughs> I expected that series to go longer, to be honest. And, you know, I was rooting for the caps, but, you know, and not just because the Knights eliminated the Sharks, but because I, I wanted to see, I was happy, first of all, um, that we were going to have a new cup winner, no matter who won. Because mm-hmm. I love that. I love new cup winners. I love seeing the city celebrate for the first time. And someday that will happen in San Jose. Um, <laughs> someday. Um, but for now, uh, I will live vicariously through the joy of the Sharks East, the Washington Capitals. <laughs> That's fine. That's cute. I understand. When, when Tampa wins, eventually, that'll also be how I feel. Stars East. <laughs> yes, they are the Stars East. That is true. So one last quick question. How do you think the Pacific will rank out this season? Um, I think that they're, I think we're going to see probably fairly similar to last season, although I expect to see the Knights not finish first. So I'm kind of like, so the top three um, mm-hmm. are still going to be the top three. I just don't think they're going to be in the same order, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Vancouver can beat? Arizona for title of bottom feeder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Arizona will see some great gains moving up from the bottom of the Pacific to second to last. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a goal. Big step. It's a big step. Bless them. Bless them indeed. So now is the time when we get to talk about happy things. Yay. Do you want to go first, Carolyn? Yeah, I'll go first. Last week, 
was my first ever attempt at DMing. <gasps> Ooh. And so I ran um, what was, I'd originally kind of put it together as a tutorial slash one shot based around pirates and there was a Kraken. And um, I played with a bunch of people from work who had never played Dungeons and Dragons before. Aww. And I was, they were so into it. It was like the best group of players you could ever potentially ask for. And I, it just went really, really well. And now I'm putting together our session number two, which we're going to play this Friday. And I have a lot of work to do on that. <laughs> right, which edition are you playing? Fifth. Fifth, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I even got like a completely balanced party without me like without anything. coaxing anyone into certain roles. <laughs> right, like they all picked it themselves. It was really nice. cool. That's awesome because my my group is like four gnomes, two halflings, and a half elf. Oh my it, god! It was it was really poor choices made by a lot of people, including me. <laughs> but I'm refusing to switch now, so it's fine. <laughs> we'll just no. see how this goes. I don't have any humans either, but I do have, I have a tiefling bard, um, I have a half-orc barbarian, I have a half-elf druid, a halfling rogue, and a dragonborn cleric. Oh my god, I misheard you at first for some reason. I thought you said half-orc half orc bard, and I was like, <laughs> that's amazing! Because my sister just rolled up a half-orc bard in her, uh, she did a quick one-shot campaign for a uh, friend's bachelor party. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, That's so yeah, um, it was a uh, clump, the half orc bard. That's amazing. We had a <laughs> in my last campaign, we had a drow bard, oh, um, that we called Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> it was great. Uh, and like in the in the very last day of the campaign, he like beat the big bad by using vicious mockery. Of course, he did. <laughs> It was amazing. I laughed so hard. I was like, of course, of course, of course you win. All of it with Vista's mockery. So it was great. Yes. That's beautiful. Christine, do you have a a happy thing to share? Uh, Well, I mean, I got, oh gosh. Um, I'm working on a project that I can't uh, discuss super in depth, unfortunately, because I signed some papers saying that I wouldn't. Um, But I've been... I've been able to make some really cool things for it, you know, getting to kind of flex my creative uh, muscles a little bit. So not just uh, with some painting and drawing that um, I think people might know me for a little bit more, Um, but I also got to use some of the knot work that I haven't used since I was a sea scout in high school. Oh, cool. What's a sea scout? Oh my gosh. So this is one of my favorite stories. I have been both a boy scout and a girl scout. Um, I was in the Girl Scouts uh, up through middle school. Um, and then when I was in high school, I joined a Sea Explorers ship. Um, so the, the Boy Scouts have a number of explorer programs, and some of them are co-ed. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them is the Sea Explorers program. Um, and that basically, like, you do uh, sailing and, and ship-related stuff. Um, and it's mostly organized around ships. So I was on the um, the Sea Scout ship Morningstar, um, and we were uh, an all-girl crew, um, and it was really, really rad. Um, so I can do a breeches buoy and a scuttlebutt, and I can tie all kinds of knots, and I can, um, you know, I, I used to be able to sail fairly decently, but I haven't, you know, 
been on a sailing ship in a, in a while. Um, and I can row pretty decently. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's I was amazing. also an Explorer <laughs> Scout, but I was a medical yeah. Explorer Scout. But that's rad. Like, yeah. 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 No, it was cool. Um, I started it because my dad wanted to be able to take me on camp out. <laughs> and um, the Boy Scouts, like, some of them are fine with it. And some of them are like, no, she can't join our group. Yeah. So, yeah. It was fun, though. Well, the Boy Scouts are a weird organization. I mean, they're getting better, but... I know. <laughs> yeah, I, was a, I was just a Girl Scout. But... I was really into horses when I was little, and so yeah. I could ride, and I was in Boston when I was in, like, in it, like, Watertown, Boston, mm-hmm. and um, we, my mom, who, you know, obviously organized all my lessons, managed to organize a Girl Scout trip out to the barn mm-hmm. where I took lessons. It was, I felt really bad, because there were a lot of girls who were, like, really scared of the horses, because they'd never seen anybody, anything that big up close. They're very large creatures. They're very large creatures. But we all ended up having this. But, like, I used to, like, jump and stuff. (laughs) Whoa! Not, like, not, like, real jumping, but, like, as a kid, like, I was, I was always good enough to, like, start jumping, and then never got to actually continue, like, getting good at. Well, you don't want to pull, like, a baby O'Hara, you know, thing. (laughs) <laughs> a baby o'hara okay Scar- um i'm now i'm like blanking on the character's name uh from gone with the wind oh, uh, oh Scarlet yeah, red's yeah. baby yeah yes Ooh. you would not want to do that no don't do that <laughs> that's a do bad thing with that <laughs> Marin, what's your happy thing uh so this week was uh my oldest nephew number one's ninth birthday Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. It's it was we we obviously celebrated, and uh, my sister and her family came in town. So yeah, we just had his birthday yesterday at um, this place in Austin called Jump Street, which is a uh, indoor um, uh, trampoline park, basically. Oh, yes, yeah. So I don't, I didn't get on the trampolines because I have uh, arthritic knees, and that doesn't go well together. But. Um, I got to watch my little two-year-old niece, like, you know, like, and she, she's so tiny and so light, and she's just being, like, bounced around by all these bigger kids. It was really deeply hysterical, <laughs> and uh, they were all just so cute. So, yeah, I got to do that yesterday. It was really fun. Yeah. And I just love my family a lot. So, anytime I get to hang out with them, it's a good time. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Mary, do you want to ask the first question, or should I? I'll ask the first one. Sounds good. All right. Julia asks, how are Leela and Fry, what are their hockey predictions? If Leela played penny hockey, what would her position be? Okay. So for those who don't know, Leela and Fry are my cats. Um, They're brother and sister, and Leela had oral surgery this week. Um, So she's a little cranky because her pain meds have worn off, but she's still doing pretty well. Um, she is on an all wet food diet for the next couple weeks, so she's pretty happy. Her brother, Fry, meanwhile, is not so stoked on this. <laughs> oh, no. um, he's so jealous. Like, I, and he, we can't give him too much wet food because he has a sensitive tummy. Um, and so, like, he's got a very restricted diet and he has to have these kibbles that are, like, one of the few things that don't make him throw. So, like it's it's a very tough dynamic there. So they're they're doing well, but they have struggles. Leela, of course, is a penny hockey goalie um, because she 
wants to own everything. And of course, while I'm mentioning this, she climbs into my garbage can. Thanks, Leela. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> she would definitely be a penny hockey goalie. Um, Fry would be the most ineffective defenseman. And I put defenseman in air quotes um, in the entire universe. He would be like one of those, one of those big, dumb defenseman that you know everyone says like oh he's full of grit and heart you know his 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 stats don't show that he's a good player but you know he's a real asset to the team he's just big and sweet and dumb i love him he's not (laughs) a smart man (laughs) i'm definitely thinking of a certain hockey player that i'm not going to mention right now (laughs) (laughs) jason of damn it jason fame asks do you miss having us aka the stars in the division Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay you can be honest all right so yes because points are nice (laughs) (laughs) Um, it made more sense for you guys to be in central like it always did Mm -hmm. on on one hand like yes I, i do miss it but on the other hand no you guys are in a better place right now the central division it certainly makes travel easier. Yeah. And watching games better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When they happen at reasonable times and not nine <laughs> o'clock at night. <laughs> but oh. man, I miss I, I would like points from the Pacific Division too. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if I, you could play the Oilers three times, five times oh a year, God. five four times, Ooh. I think actually. Whatever. Eight However times. many times it is. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I would love that. Andrew L.A. asks, uh, OEL reads the OED. What are his favorite words to find? I think that his favorite words would be, um, you know, ones that have, like, weird diacritic markings. So, like, he'd look at the pronunciation guide and be like, that's not how that's spelled at all. Like, this... This sounds completely differently from how it's spelled. So I'm I'm struggling to think of a great example, but I think that that's how OEL would approach the OED. I agree. I like it. I like that he's apparently very pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> because that strikes near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Marin has a new favorite defenseman now. <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. <laughs> uh, Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen asks, number one, what would be a cool outdoor site for a Pacific Division game? So this is 100% biased, but I would love to see a game at CenturyLink Field here in Seattle. Um, <laughs> but um, I think what would actually be like a very, very, very cool, although probably not as big as the NHL wants for their outdoor games, um, AT&T Park in San Francisco is gorgeous. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen like what the view from the stands there is like but you look out over the bay and it's absolutely beautiful i think that that would make some gorgeous hockey you know mm-hmm. i'm um, looking it up right now i've never actually been to san francisco what no yeah, i know go someday um I, yeah. I want to absolutely yeah i will say like as a south bay girl i always like my hackles go up a little bit whenever someone's like oh san francisco it's like you know that's that's basically where your team is from i'm like no san francisco is 100 different damn it um <laughs> wait so you can hit a line drive and end up in the water yes yes you can that is awesome 
and there are people who camp out there in boats with like recovery dogs and stuff who pick up the water <laughs> or pick up the balls from the water. It's really, really cool. That's hysterical. I love this. Yeah, it's gorgeous, right? Like, wouldn't that be yeah. cool for an outdoor game? One more question from Jen. Do you think we'll get a real tournament of champions with women's hockey? Interested to see how the Rivs uh, dash SDHL game goes. Yeah, God, I would love, 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 love to see um, the champs of the CWHL and the NWHL play each other. Like mm-hmm. that would be so great. That's what I really want, honestly. Yeah, I, I want that. I'll be honest. I don't know that that's ever going to happen with the leadership configured as it is now um well brenda andrison andra andrus did just step down so i'm wondering yeah. if it's more likely to happen now than it ever was it might be i just i'm still i have to i i would play kind of a wait and see game because the cwhl has been pretty uh vehemently anti nwhl um mm-hmm. and maybe that tone will change with the change in leadership in the cwhl maybe it won't i that kind of remains to be seen um as you know as it stands today i would guess that we're not going to see that um but i would really love it to be a thing like i just i just want i want more women's hockey women's hockey is amazing and we need more of it i'd love it if they do like almost like a four nations type thing but with oh like- my god the NWHL, yes. CWHL, SDHL, and the the women the women's league and the KHL. KHL. Yeah, that would be so cool. That would be super cool. Wow, I want that. I want that in my life. I need that in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was super stoked to see that the NWHL uh, has officially made the Washington Wild an affiliate team of theirs. And yeah, that's, that's so cute. Yeah, I love the Washington Wild. They play out of my local rink, which is the shittiest rink in the universe, and I love it. <laughs> It's a shithole, but it's my shithole, goddammit. Anyone out there listening who uh, has gone to Highland Ice Arena, you know what I'm talking about. That place is Garbo, but I love it. It's my you know it's a... <laughs> Amazing. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought she did with her name. Okay. Friend of the podcast, Land of Shannies, asked, uh, please cast a rom-com using only stars players um, and a follow-up. Do you have any good book, movie, and or TV recs? Oh, my goodness. Okay, let me start with the easy one um, for me because I'm more familiar with uh, books and TV than I am with the Dallas Stars roster. I'll be on it. <laughs> no, that's um, fine. <laughs> I'm currently reading a really fantastic uh, biography of Cleopatra. Um, and it is absolutely fascinating. It is by, oh no, hold on. Stacy Schiff. Sorry, I had to Google it. It's called Cleopatra, A Life, and it's by Stacy Schiff, and it is absolutely fascinating. Basically, the entire first chapter is Stacy Schiff going like, okay, look, here's the deal when it comes to Cleopatra. Like, there are no primary resources. We have maybe, at best, one word that was either dictated or written by her. That's it. That's what we got. Wow. But it goes into like basically like with that first chapter basically being the disclaimer of like we like our best sources come from 50 to 100 years after her death. Um, You know, it's it launches then into like a really fascinating read about Cleopatra and um, sort of stripping away like the Hollywood glitz and glam and like the seductress sort of veneer that's been placed on Cleopatra and really 
emphasizes more her cunning uh, and her brilliance and her ability to juggle a bajillion and one things. And I'm fascinated by it. I love it. Highly recommend it. If you would all do um, nonfiction, highly recommend Cleopatra a life. Excellent. Carolyn, do you have any book or movie recommendations? Uh, I just saw Crazy Rich Asians, which was super fun. <laughs> it uh, was great. So recommend that. I also just finished um, Anne with an E on Netflix which is a little shaky for like the first two episodes, but the third episode, cause they cast like a really young girl to play Anne. And I think by the third episode, she's really gotten a little bit more into her skin and like figured out the acting thing. And that's really good. It's kind of like, they definitely in the second season go off book quite a bit, but overall it's just like a really lovely, happy little show to watch if you need something to soothe the heart a little bit. I tried that one and could not get into it. You are, a, for obvious <laughs> reasons, a much bigger fan of Anne of Green Gables than I am. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the problem is that it wasn't following, like, the story that I knew. And I was like, mm, I'm a little too, if I know, if I know a source material really well, mm-hmm. I, I have a harder time letting go of, of certain things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I do not have that problem. So if you're if you like Anne of Green Gables but don't like aren't like the biggest Anne of Green Gables fan and you just look, want like something chill to watch, it was a good chill to watch movie, uh, TV show. And then I watched a silly teen horse drama, but it made me really want to ride again. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I know I already made my recommendation, but there's one no, other thing I want to throw in there. Okay, please. There's not just one thing that you can okay. do. If you have five recommendations, give us the five. Um, The TV recommendation I really want to make is I know that everyone in the world has probably already seen Terrace House on Netflix. um, I haven't. What is that? (gasps) Oh, my God. Uh, So it is a Japanese reality TV show. Imagine like MTV's The Real World, except everyone is very, very kind. Oh, oh, I want this. (laughs) Yes. It's on Uh, Netflix? It's on Netflix. It's called Terrace House. um, And there's... Uh, Terrace House, uh, Boys and Girls in the City, which is the first one. Then Terrace House, Aloha State, and then currently running, so it's still updating, is Terrace House opening new doors. Um, and so I, I say Terrace House, Boys and Girls in the City is the first one. It's not the first first one, but it's the first one that's on Netflix. Okay, so. okay. Well, I obviously have to watch this because I like people being nice. Yeah. So it's I'm like so over reality TV where they yell at each other. I'm just tired yeah. of it. Like, the most that they get is sometimes there are tense conversations, because it's still people living together, so whenever you sure. have people living together, there's always going to be some drama. But, like, the mm-hmm. most that you get is you sit people, they, they all sit down at the table, and they have a very serious discussion, and there's a lot of apologies made for being rude. But you don't get people, like, <laughs> slapping people in the face. No, yeah, no. Because that happens on real, on real world all the time. Yeah, and, like, no, it's... Uh... It's like the real world, but if everyone was just kind and wonderful. And they all keep, like, everyone who's on that show, they keep their normal job. So whatever their normal job is. And it's usually something cool. In fact, Terrace House Opening New Doors um, has a hockey player um, who is my absolute favorite. I love Tsubasa. She is an angel, and I love her. And she deserves all of the respect in the world. And she's trying so hard to make the Japanese national office team. <gasps> Oh no, I can't wait. In in this house we stand the Karuizawa fairies, okay? <laughs> Good to know. Uh you will you will love Tsubasa, you will love seeing her like I mean, cuz one of the main goals of the show is like 
for a lot of them, like it's people looking to either, um, you know, gain some recognition for their obscure job or hobby or sport. Um, so in Subasa's case, obviously, she's like, hey, you know, the Olympics are coming to Tokyo. And while it's, you know, not it's while it's the summer Olympics, we still like really want to make sure that people are getting into the winter Olympic sports as well. So please get into hockey, Japan, like get into hockey. It's awesome. Um, (laughs) And also like a lot of them are there looking for love because it's young people. And so, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything, but Tsubasa is my favorite and I love her. Excellent. Okay, so I will really quickly do my uh, recommendations. Speaking of things that everybody has seen already, uh, if you have not actually watched To All the Boys I've Loved Before. I haven't. Please watch it. Please watch it, both of you. It is amazing. So watch that. That's my thing. The other thing on Netflix that I watched last weekend was, um, and this, please forgive the name. It is the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Pie Society. It was a book. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I know, right? It's the (laughs) Guernsey literary and potato peel pie society (laughs) so it the island of guernsey is a british island just off the coast of france and during world war ii it was occupied by the germans and this movie that they that netflix made is based on a book called the same name and i'm just don't feel like repeating it yet again but um (laughs) it's uh it's based on um that book and it's just this story about the, this group of people that during the German occupation had a book club because it was kind of an accident. It, they tell the story in the movie and it's really, really adorable and hilarious. As, as, about as hilarious as anything could be when it involves German occupation during World mm-hmm. War II. Um, and it's like, it's not all lighthearted. There's definitely some sad stuff that happens, but like, it's a really great, like, it's just a really lovely story even though sad things happen. And I really, really enjoyed it a lot. And uh, Lily James is in it. And I love Lily James. And as far as book recommendations go, I'm doing a thing this year where I am reading books that are written not by white men. So I'm only reading books by people of color and uh, white ladies. Because of this, I have discovered a lot of truly awesome fiction that I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if I would have stumbled across it if I hadn't started Googling for recommendations, but uh, Nnedi Okorafor is like one of the, my favorites that I've discovered this year. Uh, and her Binti trilogy was fucking amazing. So um, if y'all haven't read that, I highly recommend it. And I just finished reading, um, a, the, it's the first two books in what is planned to be a trilogy um, by somebody named Linnea Hartseeker Sucker. I don't know how to say her last name. But it's basically a mythological retelling of um, the uh, unification of Norway. Oh. And it's super interesting. So those are my recommendations. Okay. Do we want to, we have to cast rom-com using only star players. Oh, really shoot. quick. <laughs> really we, quick. We can go really quick. So Jamie Ben's the lead, right? Yeah, Jamie Ben's the lead, obviously. Yeah. Tyler Sagan is his drunk best friend who makes poor choices and serves and bad advice for what Jamie Benn as the romantic lead should be. And then also <laughs> ends up coming around at the end because that's what always happens. Yes. And maybe maybe uh, hooks up with the best friend of whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Jason Spence is the dad friend who gives good advice. Yes. Because there always yeah. needs to be one of those. See, I was imagining like a ten-year plan style rom-com. Have you ever? Have you guys ever seen the ten-year plan? No. 
Okay, so it is the gay rom-com that we all deserve in our lives. It's in just... that case, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But basically the 10-year plan, but it's with Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Um, so... please, please tell us the story of the 10-year plan. Okay, so the story is that these two college friends, one of whom like really wants to have a very serious like long-term relationship like is always looking for like the one and then the other one who is like who does drunken hookups and like fucks around all the time and like just wants to party and not worry about responsibility they make a pact that if neither of them are married in 10 years they will marry each other and so it's just about 10 years later um from this this pact and neither of them is married so it's about the party boy trying to get, um, you know, the the boy who's into like long term relationships into a serious relationship that looks like it's going to, you know, lead to marriage, so that he doesn't have to marry him. But in trying to get him in that relationship, he realizes that he's loved him all along. Oh, okay. This sounds yeah. amazing, and I need to watch it. Yeah, yeah it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> While she was telling us the story, I was already looking for it. (laughs) That's perfect. That's perfect. I love it. I love it. Okay, we have one last question because we've been on this call for quite a long time. It's going to be a long edit. (laughs) Now it's your turn, yes. Jed asks, ask her to do a preview of just the players named Ryan in the division. I think that's (laughs) Gessler. Good news. They they put them here for you. Gessler, Kessler, Miller, Reeves, Carpenter, Strom, Nugent Hopkins, Lomberg. Let's say Derek and Joaquin for good measure. (laughs) Okay, so Jed is the uh, Coyotes and Mike Smith fan that I mentioned earlier. So thanks for that, Jed. (laughs) Um, Oh my god. How do I, I don't even know how to structure this. Do I like look at just their seasons or how their teams are going to do? Okay. Or... Okay. We're going to make it quick and easy. Give me a dirty ranking from who's going to be closest to winning the Art Ross. Okay. Um, Give me a dirty, dirty ranking. So the furthest is going to be Miller um, because <laughs> goalie, goalie? Yeah. not exactly Art Ross uh, caliber material nope. there usually i it would it could happen i just don't think it's gonna happen okay so miller at the bottom then lomberg then carpenter then kessler no kessler should be like right above miller so miller then kessler <laughs> that might not necessarily be realistic it's just what my heart tells me um then lomberg then carpenter then reeves then strom then nugent hopkins did I get nice. everyone? Uh, Derek Ryan and Joaquin oh, Ryan shoot. and uh, Ryan Lomberg, but I don't know who that <laughs> is. Uh, yeah, that's that's why Lomberg rated low, but not as low as Getzlaff and Kessler because I. Hate- <laughs> <laughs> um, I should have prepared for this one because no, I should have known that good. it was going to come up. <laughs> it's good. That's good. Uh, and that's all we have for you today. Yay. This was a super fun podcast, but also a super long podcast. So if you're still here, thank you for sticking around. Thank you. And where can they find you, uh, Babs? Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hockey Babbler, or you can find me, uh, my website is at hockeybabbler.wordpress.com because I am too poor to buy my own domain. We know what that's like. <laughs> we do indeed uh, you can find me on twitter at classlicity you can find me on twitter at marinish 
And you can find our official Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey. And if you have a longer question, comment, or a ranking of the Ryans, you can email us at DeepHeartHockey at gmail.com. Please rank all of the Ryans. Uh, and you can find our official blog at DeepHeartHockey.wordpress.com for similar reasons to Babbler. 